baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. This hour of the Mark Reardon Show is sponsored by Gamma Tree Experts. Your trees deserve the best care. Call Gamma Tree Experts. Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the first day of winter in St. Louis, unfortunately. It's windy and cold. The, the wind it's really the wind. makes... Yeah, the wind makes a huge difference. I don't like it. I was just looking at it for tomorrow in um, mid-Missouri for deer hunting. It's going to be a little brisk there as well, but I have lots of gear and... And, and a condo. Uh, a well, the condo's condo. for the kids. I'm, I'm in the open woods. I'm just telling uh, you right there. Okay. There's no... Like some of the guys I hunt with, they have their little fancy heaters. I don't have that. I, I risk... I have a couple pairs of socks, some, uh, you know, hot hands and hot feet things, you know, those things. Yeah, that, the, the heat yeah, warmer thingies. I like that stuff. That works pretty well, but I'll still be freezing my butt off there. Why don't you have a in heater? In the woods. Well, because I'm in, like, literally in a... I mean, I'm not in an enclosed area. I suppose maybe you could still have it. I don't know. You know, I like to brave Mother Nature, Sue. That's what I, I do. I forget how manly you are. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, yeah. Part, it's, <laughs> it's my fault, really, Fred. <laughs> yeah, dripping with sarcasm. <laughs> not really. Hey, how no, about this maybe. here? You, We work for Odyssey, a uh, big company, big radio company here. I mean, our perks are very similar probably to big companies like uh, Meta. Uh, and I think you guys will be able to relate to this. So the parent company of Facebook informed its employees that it would be cutting down on the various perks, including, <laughs> listen to this. Have you heard this? No. Free laundry. Are you kidding me? <laughs> free dry cleaning and valet service, as well as delaying the daily free dinner by a half an hour from 6 p.m. to 6.30 p.m. What? Yes, 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 yes. The pushback dinner service means fewer employees will get to eat on campus as the company's last shuttle bus departs the office at 6 p.m. As a result, employees will now have to decide between a free meal or a free ride home. It will also make it more difficult for employees to stock up on free food to bring home as leftovers. There's one quote here from somebody who works in food service for Meta. And wait, I gotta find the quote here. That the guy is, says, that, here, wow. here's, the, here's a, what the guy says. This is the anonymous quote in the New York Times story. I can honestly say when our peers are cramming three to ten to go boxes full of steak to take them home, <gasps> nobody cares about our culture. A decision was made to try and curb some of the abuse while eliminating six million to go boxes. And keep in mind, annual base compensation is about a buck twenty to a buck thirty. Although that's in California, so I wait guess wait a minute. They Didn't they just do eleven thousand people laid off yesterday or the day did. before well, this week? But this is part of that. So what they're doing is, yeah, so they're laying people off, but they're also pushing back on the perks and stuff like wow. that because it's getting too expensive. Well, sure. Well, yeah. when I'm you know stuffing steak in my after my free meal, that's ridiculous. And no free laundry. The laundry is mind-boggling. <laughs> so they actually have. Uh, a wellness, this is my favorite too. I, we need one of these, okay? We need a wellness stipend. Their wellness stipend covers costs related to physical or mental health, financial planning, and care for children, older people, and pets. Do you want to take a stab at what the wellness stipend is? No. Uh, uh, well, wait, per year or per month? Per year. How about 20 grand? I'll say 1000 No, well, you guys, Fred's low, Sue's way high, but it was $700, but they jacked it to $3,000. Wow. So we need to, 
I Where's think we, our cafeteria? Here, here's what we need to do. <laughs> Who's just, doing yeah, my laundry? We need to start complaining about the company culture is what we need to do because then they then throw we get a fit laundry. and then they get stuff like that. Yeah, that's that's crazy, Laundry. Right? Now, do you assume that that means that they're sending it out to a dry cleaner or do you actually think they have a laundry department? I bet they have their own people on. Uh, look, what's happening, especially in the tech, I get why they're doing it. You can make fun of it. We can be jealous, but they're trying to make oh, sure they attract the best yes, people in the town. Absolutely. And these people have jobs. Job offerings elsewhere. Look, your son's in tech, right, Fred? Right. So it's very competitive. And if you have a plan, I, I think it would be cool to have that Man. available. But whenever you have cool things that are actually supposed to help the employees with their culture, you got people sticking stakes, and, stakes into their backpack. Yeah. And that's what's the problem is yeah. you have abuse of the culture. But I did think that was rather interesting. Stakes in your backpack. <laughs> I'm just, all I want is just like the rest of you privileged workers who get your free fancy coffee, I just want free Diet Coke. I don't think it's too much to ask. I really don't. <laughs> for decades, I've been paying for my own soda. These allegations are deeply concerning. Does the president have any comment? We're not going to comment. It's not clear messaging. <laughs> and now, Sue's News. Brought to you by Sue. You know they're getting free Diet Coke. You know my bubbly <laughs> yeah. is free there. I'm just uh, thinking about that. On this day in history, by the way, it is Veterans Day, and we will talk about that. But on this day in history, 84 years ago, and there's music with this, Mark, in 1938, Irving Berlin's peace song, God Bless America, was sung for the first time by Kate Smith. Is it in there? Uh-oh. Hold on, we got a problem. Abby's yeah, coming to the rescue. Okay, well, maybe I, I cannot not. see it. If it is in there, I cannot see it. So I don't know where it is. Hold on, she's bringing I'm looking, it up. Usually it's Dang. labeled Sue's News, so I'm looking for an S. And there, there it is. There is no S. There it is. Uh, usually we're so smooth on this, it's kind of a shock <laughs> to not be. Hello, everybody. It is my happy privilege to introduce a new song God Bless America. <laughs> to listen to the whole song or anything like that from Kate Smith on, on a very important day, Veterans Day. It's just so old-timey, isn't it? I love it. Okay. Old-timey for me. I love it. Uh, it does sound like the era, though, which is why I just am fascinated. Like, if you played a song from the, I don't know, the 2000s. And this is my favorite line. Listen. Okay. White with foam. What does that even mean? You don't know? No, I guess I know. I just... No, you are ruining my Kate Smith moment. I've heard this song so many times by Kate Smith. Not to be anti-American like AOC here this afternoon, uh -huh. but I think I've had, I've had enough of Kate Smith. By the Smith. way, she took all the royalties from that song and uh, gave it to the Boy and Girl Scout Clubs of America. Abby, you know uh -huh. the Kate Smith? You jam to Kate Smith when you're warming up for Coldplay? I don't think I ever have, honestly. <laughs> What I was trying to say was, this is one of those songs that actually sounds like the era. If you were to pull something out and have somebody listen to it in the future, of, you know, something from the year 2000 and from the year 2010, they couldn't tell. No. But if you pull that out, they might be able to narrow it down to at least well, a decade. What did we have? We had the audio the other day, too, because that, that 1960s announcer audio, it, yes. all, it all kind of sounds the same. It does. It really, it's kind of bizarre that way. All right, it is Veterans Day. Uh, we had a recent survey done that kind of revealed that those who have not been in the military do not know as much as they should. 
And there are three things that we should know. Apparently, only 14% of Americans knew how many branches there are in the U.S. military. Because it's not three. It's well, the six. Coast, the Coast Guard's in there, right? Okay. The Army, Army the Marines, Air Force, Marines, Navy, Air Force, Coast Guard, and... Space Force. Space Force. Oh, Space Force is included. Nice job, yes, Fred. Yes, good nice. job, Fred. Most Americans uh, believe, though, uh, or at least have at least said this at some point, that, you know, if you're in the military, perhaps they would call you a soldier. But as the, ha, huh, soldiers are only in the Army. So the Marine Corps, you are referred to as a Marine, a Navy is sailor, Air Force is airman, Space Force, what are they? Guardians. Way to go, Fred Bottenheimer. Yep. Thank you. Yep. And uh, Coast Guard or Coast Guardsmen. Now, we have, according to the VA, around how many U.S. military veterans? This is, by the way, about 7% of the American population. Eh, how many, you think, Fred? I'm trying to do it. There's like 300 million people. About. Oh, okay. So. 30 million. 25. That's close. Abby? Uh, let's do like 40 million. Uh, go 19 million. Oh. <laughs> 19 million U.S. military vets. And uh, they also say, oh, I'm sorry, it's of the adult pop- population. That's where they got oh. us. Famous musicians who served in the military. Elvis was in the Army. Johnny Cash. Do you know where he served? Air Force. I didn't know that. I don't think I knew that either. Chris Christopherson in the Army. John Fogarty in the Army Reserves. B.B. Uh, King was in the Army. Ice-T was in the Army. And Shaggy was in the Marines. What? I don't know why that blew. I'm like, what? Shaggy, what? Was, Shaggy in was in the Marines. I love that. And MC Hammer uh, was a sailor as well. By the way, Tony Bennett, who is 94, was in the Army. Uh, Chris Rock is going to be the first artist ever to perform live on Netflix. Did you know this, Mark? I, I thought this was interesting. So that's interesting. How Along the lines work? of what, well, same way that Amazon's doing it with the football game. They just stream something live. I'm yeah. actually surprised that they haven't done it yet, but apparently they're going to do it more often. Yeah, he's set to do a comedy special in the beginning of next year, and it will stream globally. So sometime early next year, um, they'll do that. They haven't announced the actual date. It's not titled yet. I mean, they are just in the beginnings of working it out. Will Will Smith be involved by any chance? (laughs) I'm guessing not. An executive said, quote, we are thrilled the entire world will be able to experience a live Chris Rock comedy event and be part of Netflix history. So we'll see how that goes, because Netflix had been overtaken by Disney as far as streaming services, so they're really kind of in a run for it right now. You know who's in town tonight at Stiefel? I think there's a comedy festival or something. I saw some reference in uh, the Post-Dispatch, and I do, despite the politics, this is tough with comedians because you always have to oh, kind of separate well, the politics. True. I like Sarah Silverman quite a bit, and she's, I think, I keep is seeing... Is she here? I think so, because I see the sign when I turn by Stiefel that tonight's the night. Yeah, and I saw her picture in the paper. She's lovely, though. I mean, funny. She is funny. Yeah. She she gets into the politics on the Twitter sometimes, which I don't know how her stand-up goes, but I do find her funny. The National Toy Hall of Fame, you know they do this every year, has announced the three toys it will be inducting this year. Oh, one of my favorites. Light Bright. Am I I the only one who had Light Bright? Do they still make those? What is that? 
I, I heard it. I can't oh. picture it. You had one for it? Oh, yeah. I yeah. loved it. It's that little, it's kind of a light board, essentially. Like a little small computer screen. Y- yeah, and you uh, punch these little crystals in there oh, in the yeah, pattern yeah, yeah, of yeah, something. Yeah, oh, my yeah. gosh. I had I'm that. Of course I did. Begged for the light bright, got it, and probably used it for a week. Look, you can <laughs> and that still was get it. it. You can, can still I? Get it. How much are they? $7.27 is the light bright Ultimate Classic refill pack. Oh, that's the refill uh, pack. I was going to say $7. If you'd like the light, well, look at this. If you want the light bright Ultimate Classic Retro Vintage Toy Gift for Girls and Boys Ages 4 Plus. It's twelve ninety nine. That's it. Oh, I can afford that. The Lightbright Peg and Template Refill Pack Light and Drawing Board Accessories LED Drawing Board is eight dollars. There's all kinds of stuff on Amazon here. Oh, the Lightbright Magic Screen Light Bright Bonus Set Multicolor thirty two ninety eight. Yeah, that's too rich yeah, for my blood. Options, what have you so. got, Abby? They had a rise in popularity after Stranger Things because oh, it was yeah. in there. That makes of sense. Of course. Okay, thank you for saying that. I'm like, how does Abby know about Lightbright? I had him as a small child, though. So. Oh, I'm impressed. Yeah. Uh, number two is Masters of the universe what is that that's like that he-man those, stuff isn't those, those, it? yeah i don't the get pl- that okay. the toys figurines. Uh, hmm. and oh, then number the music, three oh, the by the right way now. sorry about that is the top that's right the ancient thing that you spin that's what's going into the toy hall <laughs> so there you have it but it, as you recall last year the three inductees were the american girl dolls the board game risk both of those are legitimate and then finally just sand Sand from the beach, sand from the sandbox. Well, I mean, I think I'd vote for sand over the top, if we're being honest. I, well, think, yeah. there were, I think there were like 15 I other choices point. I would have made before. Okay, well, uh, yeah, well, all right, here's the, they were bingo, uh, the board game Catan, Catan, uh, I don't even know Catan. what. Catan. Catan. Amazing Catan. game. Oh, Nerf fun. toys. How did Nerf toys not make it in? And the top made yeah. it in. Now, what's the first ballot? You know, sometimes well, that's a good point. <laughs> the pinata, the card game phase 10, pound puppies, Racco. Oh, I loved Racco. And the spirograph. Racco. That's a, a lot of fun. How do you, yeah. how do you, how do you spell that? I got to Google R A C K dash O. I'm sorry that your parents did not. You have to put your cards. Well, I'm not saying, okay, wait a second. I'm not saying that I didn't have this. I just don't remember it. Oh, you got no memory. Yeah, I don't. I know. I forget no, this. I, it's I, my own bad for not I, remembering. I uh, that one I don't remember. I do not and remember I that one. I just found this today, and it kind of cracked me up. In a survey on family gatherings, since we have one of the major holidays coming up, one in three people fake smile to pretend they enjoy a relative's cooking. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've done it. Do you ask for, do you ask for seconds if you don't like the cooking? I, I think I'm just a fake smile. Here's the problem. If Abby gave me a fake smile, I'd be like, oh, I know what's happening here. She does not like my food. You know what happened the other day? I think we were talking about how I don't like broccoli on air. Mm -hmm. And I got a text from my brother-in-law who said, you mean all these years at Christmas, (laughs) you didn't eat my broccoli fried rice? Yeah. He had broccoli fried rice? Broccoli something. It was really good. That's interesting. It wasn't broccoli fried rice, but it was broccoli something. Oh, well, if it were fried rice, maybe you'd eat it. So basically you insulted your brother. Yeah, Yeah, not knowing that he was listening. Nice. But see, Fred, that's just Fred. He's going to say nice things. He's not going to be... You know, even potentially hurting your feelings, right? Fred, your fake smile is a winner. Oh. Because he did not know for possibly a decade. And finally, in Sue's News, the quick random fact. Statistically speaking, drivers age 60 to 69 have the lowest rates of car crashes. Well, that's it. 60 to 69. It's that sweet spot. I don't Mm -hmm. know why. That's Mm -hmm. interesting, though. Thank you, Sue. Dan Buffa making a return appearance for movies Black Panther Wakanda. Is out today. We'll see what he thought. Coming up next. 
baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Still have plenty to go here on a Friday afternoon edition of the Mark Reardon Show on St. Louis's home for conservative talk. We always visit every Friday and Monday with Frank Cusimano. The Blues ended the six-game skid last night. Arnotto and Goldschmidt have won some postseason awards, and we'll talk a um, little college football and basketball as well. Um, that's coming up. Tom Lifson, who is the editor and the publisher of The American Thinker, will kind of weigh in on the red tsunami and how it only really applied to Florida. And uh, my friend Simon Rose is going to be with me in the next hour. Simon's a radio guy from Columbia, Missouri. We go way, way back, but he's also going to call the first soccer game at the new MLS Stadium City Park next week. It's uh, City 2 against the German... Fred pronounced this a a lot easier, so I'm not even going to try, but it's Bayer Leverkusen on Wednesday, so Simon will give us a preview of that. Plus an audio cut of the day. I have an epic audio cut of the day today. Do not miss that. Speaking of epic, ladies and gentlemen, return, a triumphant return to the 97.1 FM Talk Airways by Dan Buffa with us this afternoon to talk movies and entertainment. His reviews are posted at doseofbuffa.com, and you can also get um, his Substack newsletter called Ramble On with Buffa. Dan, how are you this afternoon? I'm doing great, man. It's Friday, which means the work week is kind of almost about ready to close. So this is a happy time of the week. Friday, and it's also Friday that has some, you know, the next few weeks I think things get very interesting with entertainment. So let's start here with the big release of the week, Black Panther. Without the Black Panther, Wakanda will fall. My ancestors would often say, only the most broken people can be great leaders. Dan, Wakanda forever. Now, I must confess that I, I seemingly, it wasn't like I didn't like Black Panther, the original one, <laughs> but I also thought it was way overpraised. So it wasn't my yeah. favorite movie like everyone else's. What do you say about the sequel? I, I, I think all things considered, it's a success. But I had what you had with the first one I had with this one. And there's a myriad of reasons. I mean, it picks up after, of course, then they have to have put this together, uh, a demise for Chadwick Boseman's character, of course, because Chadwick passed before they could start making this movie. And it's the crazy thing is that he didn't tell anybody. So they had to kind of, they are making a movie with him in it and then they had to backtrack. And I think the, the villain is good. I think, I mean, Latifah Wright, uh, I think she's good in parts, but the biggest problem I had with this movie is that, it was really missing Chadwick. I thought he made the first one so great. I thought uh, Michael B. Jordan's Killmonger was just such a juicy villain. And, you know, Namor, who, you know, who is essentially one of the oldest comic book villains in the, in the history of comics, does well. But when I left this one, there wasn't like that sizzle factor. You know, when you leave a movie, especially a Marvel film, you just go, man, that was really good. All things considered a success, but it stopped short of greatness for me, even though it has a couple of really, really soulful tributes to Chadwick. And and it's really restrained, which I wish more the movie was. There's some good action, but I think it's a little long winded. There's a little bit of a lack of focus in the second half. But man, there are some moments of greatness. But overall, it was just fine to me, which is a passing grade. But 
you know, if you don't love this kind of movie, you kind of get attacked online. So, you know, I put it out there that it's good and it's not great. But maybe that will change with a second viewing. Maybe I'll watch it again. But, you know, I watched it with with the kid, and he, he thought the same thing. So for the mm. ones, the Buffa Boys reviews. <laughs> They're up. hand in hand. Well, Jake Hamilton, who is in the building here, um, he had already left. I was going to invite him in to kind of weigh in. His response on the Twitter when Dan posted he was going to be on the show is that he thought it was amazing. Best Marvel flick since Infinity War, which that that's high praise for that. Ooh, it nice. is running Even look, over Endgame, yeah. It's running 85% on Rotten Tomatoes, so it does have a, a lot of support out there. But, Dan, what else is opening this weekend? What, when does The yeah, Fablemans uh, open, The Spielberg? movie the fablemans i think opened up limited this week and you know it'll get to st louis probably i want to say by thanksgiving or maybe in december but it is opening up and i'm kind of seeing some a lot of good it got the critics choice seal of approval but then i've had a couple critics that just say kind of like my reaction with wakanda forever it's just you know they said spielberg's film is just kind of okay even though that's another film that you're going to be forced to like and if not <laughs> You're just going to be, like, shunned from Hollywood. Oh, no, I know. That's probably true. <laughs> Did either of you see the interview? I think it was on CBS Sunday morning with um, with Steven Spielberg about the movie. Did either of no, you see I, that? No, but I record that show, so I'll go back and watch okay. it. I have it in my DVR. It, it was kind of interesting. Yeah. And, and uh, just, you know, because it's supposed to be based on his life. Boy, his parents and their yeah. relationship was very interesting. And at one yeah. point, and not necessarily in a good way, Dan, and at one point he talked about the fact, well, I guess I won't give it away if you guys have it on DVR, but he ha- he his mother exposed him to a secret that he had for a long time that involved his uh, dad that, I mean... It will shock you yeah, if you watch well, that. Well, I've heard a lot. There's been a lot of great buzz about the Fablemans, and some people think it's the prohibitive Oscar favorite, so I'm very much looking forward to it, and I'm a Spielberg oh, fan, yeah. so yeah, we'll, we'll right. look forward to that. Hey, you've seen Yellowstone? You, you, you know, I I haven't. I, I have the episodes, but I haven't watched them, but because I'm trying to save it. I, I want to save this for Sunday because we have a great one-two punch. So one of my favorites, Sylvester Stallone, is in a, a show called Tulsa King. And it is a marriage of some of the best minds in TV. You have Taylor Sheridan, who is essentially building Paramount Plus to be his own little kingdom. And then you have Terrence Winter, who wrote for The Sopranos. And they have this show, which comes on, I think, after Yellowstone, which has Stallone's gangster getting out of jail and they send him to Tulsa to basically build a gangster end. Ah, well, this makes sense because I saw him on Fox this morning, but let's play a clip. I kept my mouth shut for 25 years. I don't know what you're expecting now that you're back. I'm expecting adequate compensation. Tulsa. What's Tulsa? I want you to go there. The horse race, the Springboard Mile. There's nobody doing nothing. You can do whatever you want. Not exactly the welcome I was expecting. Sue, are you a character in this? She went to school in Tulsa, so I'm guessing you might be involved oh, in well, this project. Oh, certainly. I mean, obviously they called me. Uh, I heard a, a, an interview with Sylvester Stallone about this, too, and he said he's been waiting his entire life to play a gangster. He's like, I'm so Italian. Why have I not been asked That's to do it yet? Great I mean, point, isn't it? I mean, he's played one in Oscar before, which was actually one of his most underrated comedies. But I, the great thing about this is that there's kind of a comic touch to it. I think it could have been lost if it went really serious, but I think the absurdity of putting a gangster in the middle of, like, rule at Tulsa is just going to have so much fun. And, of course, if you notice that voice, the Wire fans will notice that is Dominic Lombardozzi, probably one of the most noticeable voices with a good hairpiece in this scene. He, he's a guy that sends Stallone out to this, you know, essentially out to the country. So, yeah, Yellowstone's coming back right before that. 
And this season, it looks like you have Kevin Costner's John Dutton becoming the governor of Montana, which basically is like making Tony Soprano the mayor of New Jersey. So it's going to be very interesting to see. And, of course, for me, that show, the biggest pleasure is seeing Cole Hauser, who I think was kind of dropped and forgotten before this show. Oh, my gosh. No. Of course yeah. he was. It took, you guys, it took me two seasons to Cole realize Cole Hauser was that character. It took me about half of a season to go, wait a minute, behind that big, dark beard is the guy that Vin Diesel beat up in, 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 in uh, Pitch Black. Don't you remember Cole, Cole Hauser? Oh, uh, now I got him. Yeah, but if you oh, looked yeah. at him, can, can you see the comparison for what he looked like 20 years ago compared oh, to what man. he looks like right now? Ooh. Like, look at him this in, is what in he looks Good like in Yellowstone. Look at that. I he would had not white have. hair, wow. right? Short, kind of spiky white hair back in the day. <laughs> Wow, I think that I, I think if there was a rematch, now it wasn't white, I guess, but butt. but he def, definitely meant it. He looked different. It was ago. lighter for yeah, sure. He looked lighter. different, right? Yeah, and and of course that show you have all these great actors. You, I think I think Kevin Costner, and if you're thinking of the last ten to fifteen years, I think he's had some of the greatest, one of the greatest runs. He really has. Career uh, that's undeniable. It is such a, you know, I, I caught up. I had COVID in March, uh, or I'm sorry, May, because I came back from the Kentucky Derby and I was behind. My wife had finished. She cheated on me and she finished all of Yellowstone. And we had watched the first two seasons together. <laughs> oh. And I just kind of let it And I didn't even know. She's like, oh, yeah, I'm up to date. I'm like, well, you are what? I'm so I spent, I spent the COVID um, recovery binging Yellowstone. I'm all caught up. So I'm very excited about the new season. Oh, man. Yeah, I mean, I... I think this is the kind of show that takes risk. I think there's, as they get into the later seasons now, I think there's going to be kind of people are going to start dropping off. And this is where a show kind of really gets put to the test because you've established something that's very inviting, but now you're going to have to start wrapping it up. And I think that's always an interesting decision-making process. And now you have, again, Taylor Sheridan has this show. He is co-producing, co-creating Tulsa King. He's probably going to have like five more shows they're just going to name – it's going to be Paramount Sheridan Plus, I'm telling you. <laughs> I think you're right about that. All right, Buffett, tell folks where they can find all your stuff and your reviews these days. Uh, you'll find most of the solo movie reviews where I just go, like, Wakanda Forever is on Dose of Buffa. But then in my daily, which I'm starting to do, I do a Buffa's Buffet. I just jump into random, like, five random topics. You'll find some movie takes there. That's on the Ramble on with Buffa newsletter, and yes, that is taken from the great Led Zeppelin song. I hope Robert Plant doesn't call me and, you know, blast me for stealing it. But that is the newsletter. Uh, those two are my own sites. I figure if I can just write my own way on my own sites and have some fun, and it, it's been great. Dan Buffa, always great to have you back. I appreciate you pinch hitting this afternoon. No problem, right. man. You have a nice day. Take care. Kusumano's coming up. I wanted to throw one more thing in about entertainment, so I don't know if you heard about the controversy. And now, now I'm not completely convinced it is a controversy, but there were reports yesterday because Chappelle is uh, hosting SNL. There's like a reason to watch SNL this weekend. Yeah, no kidding. But some of the writers, some of the woke writers are okay. allegedly protesting Chappelle. So here's this guy, Jason Carroll on CNN, talking about it. Anticipation building at 30 Rock, home of NBC and Saturday Night Live, where comedian Dave Chappelle is set to host SNL's post-election day episode this weekend. This is Dave. He tells jokes for a living. But not everyone likes it. Chappelle has come under fire for comments about the transgender community in his stand-up routines, most recently in his Netflix special, The Closer. Gender is a fact. This is a fact. Every human being in this room, every human being on Earth, had to pass through the legs of a woman to be on Earth. That is a fact. 
A Reddit user captured this Instagram story from SNL writer Celeste Yim, who wrote, I'm trans and non-binary. I use they, them pronouns. Transphobia is murder. And it should be condemned. All right, there you go. Transphobia is murder. He that, didn't that's say what it, anything no, of, of in there that not. was. And you know what? If she wants to boycott and go find, I don't care. Look, if she's a writer for SNL, her bigger problem is she's not funny. Okay, because I've, I've unfortunately I've seen SNL over the years recently, and it's not good at all. This is maybe an opportunity for the show to get back on track and actually be funny. Which... And I, I find this curious because it, the reason I said that I don't even believe this at this point because they're making fun of this controversy and some of the promos. They're denying maybe that it's happening. Look, let's face it. I, I would not rule out this being just a little publicity stunt for SNL, leaking something out there that someone's upset just to get attention about it. I'm just being honest. I saw that, and I read a story that said nobody is actually boycotting. Right. That's what and I mean. And I was also heartened by the fact that they're going to have Dave Chappelle on there. I mean, somebody there must realize that they need some ratings. And that uh, it, it may be fine to actually have somebody like Dave Chappelle on there. I, you know, they could have just run scared and say, we can't possibly. He's too, you know. By the way, they say in the story, I didn't even know this because I don't watch the damn show, but the SNL cast includes its first comedian who identifies as non-binary, Molly Kearney. Well, okay. if you watch, if Molly Kearney or anyone else on SNL would take the time to, to watch, watch the, the closer, sp- they'd realize they're in a safe space with Dave Correct. Chappelle. Okay? That's what's so and, ridiculous. And for anyone out there who has, and I, I feel like I'm addressing the uh, preaching to the choir here, but for those of you who have you know, friends or relatives, like some of this stuff's going to come up. You know, I didn't even think about this in the aftermath of the midterms. Thanksgiving's going to be a hell of a time for some families this year. But, I, you know, I said this to my son, and we still haven't had this conversation. When I was called transphobic by the 22-year-old in the uh, spring, I said, we'll have this conversation after you watch The Closer. And then we'll talk. Did he? I don't think he's done that yet, but I would highly recommend it. So Chappelle on SNL, a reason to watch Mm -hmm. tomorrow night. Cusimano's coming up. Guess what, Sue? The Blues won a game. That's big news. Frank Cusimano here to recap. I mean, they had to get back on track at some point. Maybe they can turn it around, but it has been a rough stretch, Frank. It really has. And I'll tell you, if they didn't win last night, Mark, they have Las Vegas and Colorado looming. This losing streak could have been at 11. Instead, it ends at 8. They play a pretty good game. The encouraging item is one of the keys of the season, Jordan Cairo, a mega talent who's underperformed this season, scores in his second consecutive uh, game. So maybe they can get things going, but it's not going to be easy the next two nights in Vegas and Colorado. Speaking of Vegas, um, don't we got some baseball meetings going on out there? Yeah, and, you know, this is kind of like – the um, the early sessions of like you're you're starting to court your wife, but it's not like the really romantic winter meetings. This is you're just kind of laying down, uh, building up a little rapport for some of these trades. Nothing usually happens at these meetings, but the winter meetings is where it's all happens. Yeah, that that's the frustrating thing, I think, post-World Series as a baseball fan, is you kind of want to know what the next steps are going to be. You want to know who the Cardinals are going to acquire for a catcher. Are the Cardinals going to go after a shortstop? What are they going to do with uh, Tyler O'Neill? Is he going to be traded? Things along those lines. And you're going to have to wait a while, right? You will. And you're just going to try to find out, like you mentioned shortstop, which is the most intriguing position out there in the free agency market. Um, are they, is it realistic for Cardinal fans to think that Trey Turner could actually come here to get like a mega talented shortstop that's got power, that's got speed, that can do everything? But, but will the Cardinals, you know, offer a seven-year deal in that $30 million range after what they're already paying Goldschmidt and Arenado? If they do, 
They don't have to do much else. You go get a defensive-oriented catcher. You put Trey Turner in a lineup with Arenado and Goldschmidt, you are rocking and rolling. I'd be completely content. I would, too, but I just don't think it's in the realm of, of happening. It's not out of the realm of possibility, but, boy, uh, I just don't see that one happening. And there are some good catchers out there that have bats. I guess if you don't get Trey Turner, here's what concerned me. I saw a quote even, I think, this morning from Mo where he was talking about DeYoung and saying how the spring is going to be important for Paul DeYoung. At this point, do we need to see more from Paul DeYoung? Yeah, I don't think that's happening. Look, the Tyler O'Neill thing, walk year of a contract, he had a 9-12 OPS just a year ago. Yeah, take a shot. I know some people say part ways. But with Paul DeYoung, and God bless him, that, that thing needs to end. Yeah. And, I, you know, I, I'm not saying he's finished as a major leaguer, but I don't think it's, it's going to work here. What about Mizzou and Tennessee? How ugly could that potentially be? Although the Tigers' defense has been, you know, pretty darn good, so maybe they can hang for a little while. You're right. Defense travels well for Mizzou, and they had the third-ranked defense in the SEC. Here's the thing, though. You're playing in front of 102,000 people. Wow. You have Hendon Hooker, who may win the, you know, the Heisman Trophy, and then you have Josh Heupel, who not only is he super aggressive and super creative, but he also seems to have a little chip on his shoulder with Mizzou. Justifiably and he has so. Laid it yeah. on them. Yeah, we kind of ran he, him out. The fans didn't like him very much, right? They blamed him for a lot when he was the offensive coordinator. Yeah, and, and, and so he doesn't want to just beat Mizzou. He wants to embarrass them, embarrass them, and he has done that as the head coach of Tennessee. The spread is 20. Um, boy, I hope they can cover. Me too. Uh, I mentioned in the last hour, I had my friend Simon Roses coming on, Frank, in the next hour. Simon is an old radio buddy from Columbia, Missouri. He's also from Manchester, England, a big football fan, and he's going to call the game at the new MLS stadium next Wednesday night that will air on Camo X. So we're going to need a preview, but we're getting closer to some soccer here in St. Louis, aren't we? We are, and I'm telling you, every time I drive by that stadium, I just kind of almost get into an accident so I just kind of stop my car. It's just all of a sudden, this $700 million massive structure has just popped up, and they're actually going to be playing a soccer game there on Wednesday, and you're going to have the uh, the draft is coming up, too, next week. So it's really getting busy right now. So what's coming up on Sports Plus? Well, we're excited. We think this is going to be our best show of the year. We went to um, Morris, Illinois, to tell the Scott Spezio story. And our, I'm sure our audience remembers Spezio with the red patch and all those dramatic moments in 2006. But this guy's been to 12 rehab clinics. He's fought addictions for 13 years. And here he is at age 50, and he's still standing. And he's about as candid as you could possibly be about all the mistakes he made in his life. And if that's not enough for you to darn well should be, our special guest will be Joe Buck, talking life, baseball, his father, his mother, and what it's like doing Monday night football of what his father used to do for years. I miss him on the Fox broadcast yeah. because I feel like we got more of him because I'm a Joe Buck fan. I know that he gets hammered in some quarters, but I, I don't think he's doing enough. I know ESPN's going to probably use him for more things, but those guys, I'm glad those guys stuck together. You know, after about eight weeks of the Thursday night games, uh, and they just get the crappiest game on Amazon. It's not their they fault. Really they really do. But I just, Herb Street and Al Michaels are not clicking. Do you think they are, Frank? Yeah, I, don't, I think Michaels is great, but I yeah. don't think that, that chemistry with Herb Street is awesome. And I will say this is 
Joe's given you a reason to watch Monday Night Football. We haven't watched Monday Night Football in years. Yeah, that's true. Joe and Troy, it's that big game feel, isn't it? It is. And, you know, part of the problem was is that the they tried so many different combinations of crews out on Monday Night Football, and they were all not very good. It's just nice to have a little stability because both of that, that's maybe the problem with Michaels and Herb Street. Maybe they develop it, but there's a comfort in hearing Troy and Joe together. They've been working together for so long, and they, you know, they work well together. Yep, absolutely. All right, Frank, have a great weekend. We'll talk on Monday afternoon. Sounds great. Thank you, sir. That's Frank Cusimano from KSDK. We'll do that soccer preview in the next uh, hour. Are you going on Wednesday? Are you going to try to go? I thought, well, I'll give it a shot. Yeah, You know, my determination would be, actually, I think I have plans that night, but how about going to a game when it's not 35 degrees? See, that's my problem. I know. Is it sold out? I don't even know, Sue. It I'll might be. be. Let it's me go in on that. It's catching me off guard, but tickets are in. There's no I doubt that tickets is, for the team but, have been okay, in high demand. In. But this is, the, uh, this is the developmental team, so we will see. All right, in the next hour, speaking of that, my friend Simon will give us a preview of that. We'll talk about that draft a little bit and the possibility of how this new team will come together. Tom Lifson will be with me after the top of the hour. Tom is the editor and the publisher of The American Thinker, which is a great publication. He's got some thoughts on the Red Tsunami and how it only really kind of manifested itself in Florida. Lauren Seminetti from Fox Business Network coming up in the next hour, too. We'll talk about inflation, all that and more, plus an audio cut of the day. Oh, and it's a good one. It's a good one. Do you know the show on CBS that's called The Good Fight or something like that? Yeah, I've heard of it. They feel Christine Baranski's in it. Oh, she's they featured great. a storyline with Ron DeSantis, which really? was rather disgusting. We'll oh, get into no. it. Yeah, media bias. Go figure. Get more at 971talk.com. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.